Lauren. Welcome back to the Compel Podcast, where we hear how ordinary women spread the gospel story. On today's episode, we are talking with Dr. Linda Breed from Heritage College and Seminary about some of the challenges she has faced in her life and ministry and how God has sustained her through it all. everybody. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm with my co-host Lauren Dukeman, as well as Dr. Linda Reed. Linda has a passion for studying the Word of God, is involved in ESL ministry, and teaches at Heritage College and Seminary. Over the years, Linda has mentored and engaged with young women to live out their faith. Thanks so much for being here with us today, Linda. Um, Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Just share a bit about yourself, where you're from, your family, and what you do. Oh, I'd, I'd love to do that. Um, my name is Linda Reed, and I um, actually was born Linda Honkoop in a little Dutch town in Linden, Washington, which is sort of on the border there. And um, I grew up on a farm, and as a young girl, I actually felt a, a call to missions, and I thought that um, I'd be a missionary. But when I got to be a teenager, that seemed like the least cool thing in the world to do, so I was running from that for sure. I went to Biola University, and it's strange, but most of my friends were missionary kids, and I really started to have a heart for the world. And from there, I didn't get married like I thought I might right away, and so I ended up taking the Wycliffe uh, Bible Translation studies at um, SIL in Dallas, whereupon I met my husband, who was a Dallas Seminary student. He had actually been at Biola. We had sung in the same singing group, so we knew each other, and Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, met again in Dallas, got married, and from there we served in a number of churches. And then I felt God really called me to go back and use my linguistics. And so I'm doing that through teaching TESOL and ESL and working with um, presently new Canadians to uh, learn English. That's an awesome ministry. That must be exciting. (laughs) It is. I I do enjoy it. It's interesting at times, challenging at times. I I really feel too, it's just not my heart to just teach English, but to reach um, people with the gospel. And it's a wonderful opportunity to be face-to-face with people from all the cultures and to present the gospel through learning English. Yeah, that's so cool. How many years have you been doing that now? Um, Well, uh, my husband and I, before uh, being at Heritage, where um, we both teach, and my husband leads a school, um, we were in Ottawa, and I was at a conference, and I just really felt like the Spirit of God came over me. Rick was standing there, and I just started weeping. I had watched a video on a on a lady who was serving um, God in Egypt, and Rick said, "What's happening?" And I said, "I feel like God." wants me to go back and use my linguistics training. And Rick said to me, how's that going to happen? And I said, I don't know, but if it's God, he's going to do it. And the very next Sunday, somebody came to the front of the church, the Metropolitan Bible Church, a very large church, and just asked if somebody could help him fix the L and R distinctions, uh, which are very common with Asians. And Rick just motioned to me, this is only like three days later, and I helped him fix that. And right then and there, he, he asked me about a job at the culture center in Ottawa. So I think this would be around 2012. And then when we moved to Cambridge, I just kind of thought, now what will I do? And um, right away, there were library circles here, and I got involved as a volunteer. And um, 
that just grew and grew and grew to where I actually now teach our students how to do linguistics, ESL, and how, and I supervise them as they're in the classrooms all over Cambridge. So I guess, yeah, since about 2012, which is interestingly enough, the same year my husband had cancer. And so he went through cancer for a year. Yeah. And I began to kind of go back to my roots of languages and culture. Mm. Yeah, which I love. Mm. I'm sorry to hear about your husband. Um, Oh, no, he's he's great. Yeah, it was it was a tough journey for both of us. Us, but I think through that process, God called us to heritage. Oh, I love that. And I love just seeing and hearing how God has brought you through that. Like, it's like a journey yeah. that you've been on. And that's just so encouraging mm-hmm. to hear as someone on a journey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all still it's on the just, journey. So, yeah. I know cancer is, it was eye opening for mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, it was just supposed to be a six week surgery and back on our way, but it ended up oh. being two surgeries and four months of radiation, all of this stretched out, Mm. as you know, with lots of waiting. And yeah, I think like you, Lauren, I really got an introduction to the hospital system Mm. and what it is to, to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, God is good. So that's so encouraging Mm -hmm. to hear your testimony. He is so faithful. Yeah. Yeah. So most of the women we've talked to this series have been our peers, like me and Michelle's age. And that's been really encouraging just to hear from like-minded women that are around our age and just see how motivated they are to spread the gospel and just to know that, Oh yeah, we're not alone. Like we're not crazy for doing what we are doing and following Christ. Like there are other people our age, but I also think it's really important to hear from older godly women. Um, like Titus two talks about, you know, women who are older and mature and godly and faithful who can teach those of us who are younger, what is good and how to live out our life in the way. So that, yeah, the, like the that verse says the word of God is not brought to shame. So, I'm really encouraged to talk to you today because, yeah, you are older than us. Even just hearing from, yeah, you have faithfully followed Christ through so many things and just that perspective that an older person can give us. And one of the areas that we hope you can share in today is from from your life and from the Word of God is how God has sustained you in your walk with Christ and what that has practically looked like in your life. A lot of us can relate to this, even just a few things that you've shared and thinking of in the New Testament and just seeing there is a lot of admonishment for believers to persevere and to endure and to run the race and so on. And yeah, there's like verses like Galatians 6, 9, you know, let us not become weary in doing good. So I want to ask you, like, why, like looking back at your life, like, why do you think there is so much admonishment to do this in the Bible? Hmm. I think that God just knows how quickly we give up and, and and fall away. I'm speaking in just a, I guess in two weeks at a, at a retreat at NBC. And, and I'm thinking of the book of Colossians is what I'm teaching. But the last verse in the book of Colossians is say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry that you've received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. And I think that I have found in my life, um, many times I just want to quit. We take things personally, get our feelings hurt, or the circumstances are are difficult, and we want to quit. I think that we forget a lot of times that we follow and signed up to follow a suffering Savior who went to the cross and was crucified, and while people spit on him and said terrible things to him. And I think that somehow we 
think. At least I had this in my head when I was young that the ministry was going to be a bit fun and that it was going to be fulfilling and that people were going to say kind things and thank you so much. And I really, I've been shocked at how hard it actually is at times. And there's other times where it's wonderfully joyful. But I don't think that um, just recently a friend was packing up to move back to Korea. So she left me a bunch of stuff and I would show it to you if I could. But it's just Jesus like on a crucifix. And I want to just put it away because I thought I'm not sort of that background that shows Jesus hanging on the cross but I decided that I actually needed to keep it out and it's out in my bedroom right here just reminding me that you know Jesus really suffered and if I suffer then I'm suffer with him and to bear in mind that it it isn't all going to be easy and as I say that I am so reminding myself I've had some things happen this week (laughs) I need to keep that in mind right now Yeah, we all do. It's so encouraging just to almost have our expectations mm-hmm. um, aligned with what the Bible actually tells us. So that is helpful to hear as hard as it is to hear. Um, Linda, what have been some of kind of the low points in your life and ministry? You hinted at, you know, we've definitely all wrestled with feeling mm-hmm. disappointment in ministry. And have you ever felt apathy or have you ever doubted God's goodness in your life? I think definitely, probably everyone does. Um, I think we come into ministry also with a childhood, um, all of us at different places. And I think some childhood pain followed me, um, difficult things that happened that weren't resolved. And so you have several things happening at the same time. You have ministry difficulties, but you also have, at the same time, God is wanting to, um, Philippians 1, 6, perfect and confirm a work that he's doing in us so I think yeah some of the low points have been related related to just my own childhood struggles that I think carried into ministry but particularly when I was about 34 years old I contracted a pneumonia that was very very serious Um, the doctor said to me you've got to fight for your life and I had three little children and um, there was, we had been through a very difficult church situation and moved on to another church, which also had very difficult things. And I just was broken. I was just completely broken by the, the illness. I couldn't take care of my kids. And I, I just, I said to Rick, I'm done. I'm really done. We've been through two ministries. They've both been really hard. Get me out of here. This is just too hard. And I went to a precept Bible conference where we studied 2 Timothy for the entire weekend. And I came to 2 Timothy 4, 5 that says, uh, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And I came back from that weekend. In 2 Timothy, it's Paul's final words. And he talks about all the things. Nobody stood with me. And this guy did me much harm. This person deserted me. And, And I could see that other ministry people in scripture had really suffered. And I, I think that was a terribly low point. It took me years probably to get over out of that emotional struggles. I'll be honest, I went for some counseling because I think sometimes people need to know it's okay. But mostly I found an older woman who, uh, who walked with me literally around a lake. And she just taught me to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ and not to allow my thinking to just lead me, but to lead my thinking. 
And um, that was a really hard time. I think living in California as well, we were in California, there was a really difficult thing going on in that church. And after a while, we just decided we couldn't carry on. And my husband received a call from a church in Canada. So to go from Southern California to Ottawa, Canada, which is one of the second snowiest capitals in the world, that was hard. And I really thought about where Paul writes in Philippians 3, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish that I might gain Christ, maybe pound in him. And I really had to memorize those words. I felt like I'd lost everything, uh, all our families and babysitters and friends. And Mm -hmm. But that ministry really uh, became a high point after a low point. So I guess I would say, too, is wait it out, endure hardship because you never know when it's going to turn to a season that you may never have dreamed if I had talked my husband out of ministry we wouldn't be here today wow that is just so amazing to hear um just how you persevered through you had some really tough times and just seeing the ups and downs of that and choosing to keep the faith even in the low points having those conversations of wow this is this you know, it's just so hard. I just need to give up. I need to get out of this. Or what is the mm-hmm. point? And would you say like, I'm done. Yeah. So now, like, it, was it worth it? Like, was it worth going through all of that hard work and transition to pursue, keep, yeah, continue following Christ and um, persevering through difficult times? Yeah. I think of where Peter says, uh, to who, am, who else shall we go? You alone mm. have the words of life. And at moments I hit tremendous lows. Mm. I think, you know, there is no one else who's going to hold my life together. So that person is Christ. And um, some of the childhood issues I went through, I I hardly even want to talk about them, but Mm. I had a lot of mental illness around me in my family. And, um, you know, I have no one else to hold my mind together. I know what can happen if I just Mm. give up. So I think just keep moving forward with Christ. And as for serving him, I do think there's times for breaks as well. I think that we can fulfill our ministries, but I know pretty much for the last year and a half, I've been also really focusing on be still and know that I am God. That sometimes just knowing him intimately is more important than just doing stuff Mm -hmm. and i guess we would think of mary and martha with that you Mm -hmm. know just he just wants me to sit at his feet and enjoy him and get to know him and always be thinking about the five things i could be producing Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah it really does and i love that you said that because um that really lines up with kind of our heart for even this series this fall lauren and i is just wanting i think that those of us who desire to serve the lord we can focus so much on what we're doing for him yeah but we wanted to just pause and spend time remembering what Christ has done for us and enjoying him and realizing he's the one that empowers us to go out and do anything. So you mentioned difficulties in life, um, specifically, you know, when you've been trying to spread the gospel and be involved in telling others the good news, what have been some of the challenges that you faced in that endeavor? Wow. I I think um, whenever we're doing that, we step into the enemy's territory. And I think all kinds of difficulties um, can happen. But I, I really think about 
um, there was one night my husband and I were going to share John 3 with a group of non-Christians. We've always had evangelistic Bible studies in our home or in um, the community. And so we had this circle gathered, but actually they came early and my husband kind of had had a very difficult work confrontation at a church that we were working at. This was our very first church. And I was again, young, probably 28, 29. And, and the confrontation actually involved me. So when he came home, I could see on his face that something had happened and he told me about this and then I'm bawling. And then the people came early and the dinner's not made and the vacuum cleaner's out. And it was just horrible. And I guess I just turned to one of the uh, ladies and I just said, on days like today, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have Jesus. And then we sat down to do John 3 and we had little babies and hers just walked over a toddler and vomited into the hole. And that was no, that was the end of the night. Everybody ran and and I guess we've seen a lot of things like that. When you get right down to that gospel moment, it seems like Satan is really working. But later, those that couple came to Christ, and they said it was actually that comment about if I didn't have Jesus. And they said to themselves, we don't know Jesus personally like that. So I, I think we have to remember it looks like all hell breaks through. I remember starting an evangelistic Bible city in Ottawa as well, renting a building, the Laurentian Center. And we had wanted to invite dozens of women to just hear the gospel. And we started it. It was one of the worst blizzard nights of January 2004. And uh, it was just a horrific blizzard. And, and the girl who was doing it with me just said, we're carrying these flowers and plates. She goes, it would take two people to start it in the worst night of the year. But again, through that ministry later on, dozens of people came to know Christ. So sometimes we have to push through the really difficult times. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't look like what we're expecting. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And my minute, like my, yeah. that event or this meeting is going to go great like this. Yeah. And when it doesn't, it can be discouraging, but yet God, I just love that God can work through our weaknesses and through all yeah. circumstances, no matter if, yeah, I feel like sometimes you start something and then just, you know, when it rains, it floods and everything just happens at once. Yeah. Like what's yeah. going on? Like, I just want to do this one good thing, but God can work through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I think Lauren and I would both agree that during even this podcast like if ever since the first the first episode when we were just talking about the gospel I had so many distractions that morning like yeah it's just funny I feel like nor on a normal day everything would have been smooth but because we were trying to do this yeah. like just speak the gospel it seemed like we had so many distractions but we just pushed through yeah but yeah it doesn't always look the way we envision mm -hmm. um I want to ask like why do you continue to do these things. I don't know you mentioned it a little bit, but why, why do you continue to pursue to be involved in ministry? And like, what is motivating you to keep walking with the Lord and proclaiming his name? I just put in my heart, uh, lost people. Hmm. I feel compelled and called hmm. to share the gospel. This afternoon, I'm meeting with all my ESL students out on the lawn and, uh, we're going to have sort of a party, but I feel so compelled 
on every opportunity that I have to make known the gospel. And maybe mm. somebody's listening to this today and thinking you're talking about the gospel. What is the gospel? Mm. The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came to save us in our worst condition, to come alongside of us, and that he suffered for us on the cross worse than anything we could ever, ever go through, was buried uh, for three days and rose triumphant over that, showing the power to raise us from the dead when we believe in him and to take us at the end of our lives to be with him in heaven. And to me, there is no message like it. There is nothing else so compelling in the world that we would set up our lives for the takeoff um, to eternity. And then I think secondly, um, there's a lot of joy in that. I mean, there's, it's not just hard times when I get to explain to somebody the good news of Christ and they receive it. It's mm-hmm. like watching a baby be born. It's, mm-hmm. it's like the most joyful thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And I call on my friends and we rejoice together. Like Luke mm-hmm. 15 talks about that. Somebody's come into the kingdom and their whole life has been changed and is really, really fun to be part of. I don't know why people wouldn't want to be part yeah, of that, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So, Oh, I know. That's so awesome when we really think of it that way. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know why I've been going through a season two of just feeling kind of like dry almost and just discouraged, but yet I want to keep walking on and I want to keep persevering and I think it did just hit me the other day, like this, this gospel we're talking about, it's not just, you know, anything. This is, this has the power to bring people Mm. from death to life. It's huge. This is the most important thing we could be doing with our lives and it's so worth it. But yeah, we can just forget that. Mm. Another question we have is just looking back, how have you seen God at work in your life? What are some things specifically that you remember him doing in your heart that encourages you now? Michelle, I think that is such a good question. And I think that I need to do this more <laughs> because I think it, it is easy to forget like the Israel lights. And I think that the Bible talks us to remember, remember, remember. Uh, I probably being a bit older could tell stories all night of things the Lord has done. But it's funny right now in the middle of this COVID time, um, it's easy to become panicked about different issues because I haven't necessarily been in these circumstances. And I think what I need to do and our listeners need to do is remember some other situation and how Mm. God brought us through that and trust him Mm. now that he'll bring us through. I was meditating this morning on, there's a new hymn written by the Gettys. He will hold Mm. me fast. Mm. He will hold me fast. And, And I think that like I've been having some trouble sleeping uh, uh, just with a lot on my plate. And I just have to remember like I'm not trying to just hold myself up. Mm. I can relax at night and go to sleep because he's going to hold me. And there's bigger arms around me than mine around myself that I actually can relax and say, God, just hold me fast. Mm. And help me through the current struggle I'm in like you have in the past and like you will do in the present. For us too, it's, it's somewhat similar in the fact that like, yeah, whatever we're involved with in any circumstance in life, God is with us. Um, and not only that, but he's equipped us and given us everything we need to live our life or Christian lives. And there was some difficult times in ministry. We were overseas and it's just so difficult, 
but I painted, he is able. And I put that on my kitchen wall. And every time I just, I just can't do this. I would look at like, oh, I can because Christ is in me and he's at work in me. Just remembering, yeah, how he has brought us through like, oh yeah, Laura, remember he brought us through this and was faithful and his character doesn't change. And so whatever I'm in, the next thing I can remember that way you're saying, like looking back and the testimonies of God's goodness in my life and remembering, okay, he hasn't changed and he is still able just like he was then and he's the same God. So I think that's just a beautiful admonishment for us as we, yeah, just go through our lives. And like what you're saying, Lauren, is that also at the end of Ephesians 3, now to him was able to do more than mm-hmm. we can dream or imagine. Yeah. Rick and I have this on a huge plaque in our family room. Just And it's great when I see it to just remind myself, yeah, he, he does amazing things Mm -hmm. just last year in October when we took this job we didn't necessarily know that the school heritage was in debt and then we're just like oh what are we gonna do and um last year in October we paid that off and 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 that's just in you know seven years and and I thought of that he's able to do more than we can dream or imagine but now we have COVID and (laughs) You know, it's easy to think, oh, what now? But he's still able to do more than we could dream of. That's so true. Yeah. Even COVID, he's still the same. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. the, we just had to remember that. And I think that goes into like meditating, like knowing the gospel mm-hmm. and meditating on that, remembering, mm-hmm. yeah, the suffering Christ and the love he had for us. Like that's why he suffered mm-hmm. because of his love for us. Um, mm-hmm. And that is one of the reasons, that are, one of the things that helps motivate us and yeah, spreading the gospel. Um, so when I ask you, like, have there been any specific Bible verses or just biblical truths that you've clung to? Hmm. I think, uh, probably that one that I did read to you just to be sober, uh, second Timothy, I, I came to love the book of second Timothy, but be sober, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That has been probably, um, major in my life. Um, the last few years, I've actually really started to memorize scripture through an app called the Bible Memory app. And at night, I can lay down and you just type the first letter of every word. So it's um, and actually do whole books of the Bible um, that I wouldn't, I couldn't probably just say them to you, but I'm able to do it on the app. And I think that when we wash our mind with scripture, lots of scripture, even scriptures we don't necessarily want to look at, maybe like one of the books is the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 5, um, you know, wives be subject to your husbands in the Lord. And, you know, just washing ourselves with the word of God, then he uses that to erode our selfish attitudes and our times we want to quit and put truth in our minds i mean i love psalm one how blessed is the man who does not walk and you know in the way of sinners or stand in the path sinners or sit and see the smokers or yeah just but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law he meditates day and night he'll be like a tree firmly planted by the water and i think just whatever scripture just let yourself be drawn to scripture and meditating on it so that you'll become strong i know speaking to michelle when when i had three little kids in three years um rick just took the kids and watched them for me about a half hour every morning so that i could get a quiet time and i think ask your husband you know could you just give me 
not, I could get a shower and a quiet time. But ask somebody to help you to be able to get into the word, I think, first thing in the morning so that it can just wash over you all day long. No, yeah, that's encouraging. Um, I love those practical tips. Yeah, actually, I have done that with my husband sometimes on a Saturday. Can you just watch them? Can I just yeah. go upstairs alone with my coffee? And yeah. And yeah. he knows like he wants me to be in the word too. We give each, we actually take turns because he needs it mm-hmm. too. So sometimes on the weekends, we'll just swap and give each other some alone time. Yeah, it's um, such a good idea. So you mentioned a couple of practical things like memorizing scripture, that Bible app. Um, what are some other like practical things that you've done that have helped you specifically persevere through those difficult or uncertain times? Mm, Michelle, I love what you just said. You took a cup of coffee and, you know, went upstairs. I think we've got to make our times with God just special and wonderful. I bought a prayer chair, a really soft chair. I love to sit in and like you just get a cup of coffee and tea and just be still with God and enjoy that time. I think walking with a friend, I think physical exercise does help us and helped me out of that time of sort of pneumonia. Actually, if you knew me, I love fun and I, I have to have of fun in my life I, if everything is just drudgery it's going to be hard so I think that having a date with your husband where you do something a little bit fun um, or vacations are really important too um, taking time to be balanced I think otherwise I think it did lead to crash I had in my 30s I didn't eat well and I didn't take care of myself and I took care of my kids and everybody else, and then I crashed. So, mm. yeah, we carry on a ministry, but we carry it on in a in a physical human body that has to be taken care of. Yeah, there's a famous guy who said, um, "I had a horse to ride and a ministry to fulfill. Alas, I've killed the horse, and I can't carry on the ministry." And I I think mm. taking care of your own body and your physical health. I love that you said that because it's so funny. My husband and I have been talking about this exact thing about how sometimes we can just be so serious and so sober minded, which is what we're called to do. So it's hard to allow ourselves to have fun. But hearing it from you is just affirming as well that when I think of sustainability, like we want to be able to walk with the Lord till we die. I think uh, I'm going to refer to Psalm 34. It says, oh, taste and see that is good and I think sometimes we shut off the goodness of God by not tasting it and seeing it for ourselves being too hard on ourselves and then the next verse says oh fear the Lord you his saints for those who fear him there is no want but it's interesting it puts the tasting and seeing that he's good be the fearing him and that's an interesting order to me and yeah it's okay to taste and see and have fun that's so great um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, if you could talk to your younger self, what would you say? And yeah, as you you have this perspective that you've gained with time and walking with the Lord and going through hard times, if you could speak again with your younger self or <laughs> or encourage and admonish younger women um, following Christ, what would you say? Like as a, I don't know, as you wrap all these thoughts together. Like- yeah, I wrote on my paper, hang in there. <laughs> I think that sometimes where your lives are right now, it's like you're really, really close up to a paint by number. 
and you're just <laughs> painting number six and number six and number six and number six. And then maybe in a month you're painting number seven and number seven. And it's not till you get to my age that you step back and see that you've actually created something very, very beautiful in a family or a ministry or your own character. Um, but I think that God just gives us what to do in our quiet time for that day. You know, for example, recently I read um, do good, especially to the household of faith. Mm. Well, you might pick my perspective that you're right. I'm pretty good at loving the non-Christian, but I felt that particular time the Lord was saying, I want you to really pay attention to the believers. So I did mm. some specific things. Like then it's like paint by number. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get together with these people and encourage these people. I, when I step back, I can see that God day by day by day is showing me how to paint the picture mm. towards a life that's really rich and fulfilling for myself and for my husband, if I'm married and for my children. And after that, my church or mm. outreach community, um, you know, sometimes I remember teaching on marriage and teaching it by showing a puzzle. And sometimes we're just tapping in one piece at a time. And we can't see the whole puzzle quite yet. Mm. Be faithful to each piece. Trust God that it's making the big picture. Mm. That's such a great, both of those are just such great illustrations. I've been thinking lately, even for myself, like a lot of times I think, oh, this trial, you know, Hebrews 12, one says, let us run with endurance, you know, the race set before us. Like, oh yeah, this trial, that's the thing I have to endure. Um, but then zooming out and realizing, no, it's my whole life. Like Michelle said, it's our whole life on earth. That is this marathon. So it's not like, mm -hmm. oh, once this trial or difficult season or low time, once that's over, I've done it. It's like, no, this is, it's, I'm still in the race and I can't let my guard down and I can't lose that big picture vision of every little thing I do matters and counts and build is building onto that bigger thing. And I think that's just such a great perspective in the midst of like, okay, sometimes right now it seems a little mundane and a little like, what is this? Why does this matter? This little thing that I'm doing well, or just trying to follow the Lord now, but zooming out to the big picture and seeing it is meaningful and yeah, helping me running with endurance and for the end goal, which is yeah, to see Christ and get to enjoy heaven with him forever. Like that's so cool. Yeah. God's been showing me too to just fold this pair of socks for him or to fold laundry as unto him. He doesn't count some big ministry thing I do mm -hmm. as more important than if I can say, Lord, I want to fold these shirts for you. Mm -hmm. um, then it's a lot less stressful too. I don't have to go out and rent a building and try to <laughs> draw these people to Christ. I can just do what's in front of me as mm -hmm. done to him. Yeah. It's just so encouraging to hear you say all those things, Linda, just, I think Lauren can agree. And a lot of us young women, we can get so focused on those little details, like our current circumstances, but it just, it is so encouraging. It almost makes me want to cry when I hear an older woman mm -hmm. say, like, mm -hmm. it's worth it. Like this, these are the days that matter. And mm -hmm. yeah, it just means so much. So we need each other and we need older women in our lives to mm -hmm. remind us to keep going. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And you work at Heritage, and can you share a little bit about what the Heritage Center for Women in Ministry is? Is that something that you've been a part of? Um, I did. Um, when my husband and I came seven years ago to Heritage, we just talked to, to the leaders about could we start a center for women as well that are serving in ministry, and and 
And again, I'm not necessarily thinking here about uh, raising up women who take over as pastors or anything like that. But I, in my life, um, had the privilege of studying at three different seminaries, um, Dallas and Western and Heritage. And um, I see too many women maybe that are a little older than yourselves where they're getting a little bit of free time. Maybe their kids are in high school and they start to lead women's ministries or they start to lead a missions ministry or um, something. And they've had no training. Hmm. Uh, Maybe they're writing curriculum for small groups. And that's where I was. And I went to these different schools and took some training. And I just thought it'd be really neat for Canadian women to Uh, be equipped to write curriculum, to teach God's word, using his word really well, um, to learn how to do evangelism and tessel and that kind of thing, maybe to learn about church history or ministry leadership. And so that they would serve in their context more equipped, Ephesians 4 talks about. Um, And so I'm currently offering courses in writing or teaching evangelism this fall the course is on women reaching the world it's online you can take it from anywhere but i just do want women to be able to do what they do to the glory of god but feel they have the skills to do it well mm-hmm. i love that i didn't know about that i just really appreciate your heart for women's ministry and just seeing that need and saying yes we need we need equipping too like this is god's word and it's so important and valuable to communicate it well and to know it and Um, I just really appreciate that. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure just to hear from you, Linda. Um, How can women in Canada get in touch with you? My husband and I have a a blog and a website, rickandlindareed.com. I have a heart to see women connect and to grow in their convictions of the Word of God and competency in their skills. If we can help you in some way or and I'm speaking for the team of Michelle and Lauren and myself, you know, reach out and talk to somebody. If you're really drowning in loneliness or depression, reach out to somebody and, and talk to them because God just really wants to help and to bless his people. Yeah. Thanks so much, Linda. It's it's been a pleasure to have you. Michelle, it's been really a pleasure to meet you as well and Lauren to uh, continue the conversation. hope you enjoyed our conversation with Linda as much as we did. Feel free to share this episode with your friends and to follow us on Instagram at Compel Podcast. Till next time.